Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 832. Today on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating the Danville Concord Elegance that takes place in September in Danville, California. Please come and uh, support our event, the Danville de Elegance in September. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Jim Edland. Hey, Jim, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? You know, I'm, I'm ready to do this. It's taken us long enough to get together. I'm so glad that you're here, most definitely. Jim Edlin and his wife, Chris, are the co-founders of the Danville de Elegance Foundation. The foundation was started over 14 years ago and has raised over $3.5 million for Parkinson's research and patient care. Jim has been involved with the Danville Concord Elegance since creating the foundation, and the Concord takes place every year in September in Danville, California. The event includes a Concord, a Tour de Elegance, a gala dinner, and much, much more. Jim is a senior coach for Hooked on Driving, where he works with past Cars Yard guest David Ray. Jim and Chris also own their own business, Christy James Jewelers in Danville, California. So Jim, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your passion for automobiles and a little bit about the Concours? Yeah, you bet. You bet. Thank you. And thanks again for having me on. You're welcome. Chris and I, my wife, started the Danville de Elegance. Uh, this will be our, our 13th year. We've been doing fundraising for uh, Parkinson's for a few years before that, but wanted to do something uh, fun that w- that uh, would get people into the town of Danville and uh, something a little bit more uh, exciting to do. So uh, knowing a lot of car guys in town, we uh, went to the town of Danville town council, asked if we could close the streets for this event, and uh, <laughs> they said yes. So uh, Chris and I fired up our little fax machine, uh, copy machine, and put little uh, notes on on, uh, telephone poles all around town for the first event. And we had uh, aspirations of raising maybe 20, 25 grand the first event. And uh, lo and behold, we cleared 45 grand. Wow. And uh, yeah, yeah, blew us away. And every year has just kind of gone that way. It's been been a, a true blessing to uh, to our family and to uh, Parkinson's patients everywhere for what we've been able to raise and uh, uh, people lo- learning more about disease and uh, the funds we've raised. We were one of the first Team Fox events for the Michael J. Fox Foundation to hit a million dollars with them. So it's, it's just really taken off for us. Well, it's absolutely fantastic. Besides that, we uh, my wife uh, and I own a jewelry store in town, and we always, uh, we've been there forever. Uh, a local jeweler and our, our my wife and I saying has always been, uh, we work on our nonprofit together so that we can work on our nonprofit <laughs> together all the time. So. <laughs> That's great. Well, it's absolutely brilliant and fantastic what you're doing. Putting on these events is no small feat. I have had many Concord event directors here on the show from huge events like Amelia Island with Bill Warner and the Pebble Beach Concord with Sandra Button and all sorts of different levels. But this is a giant, giant undertaking, huge amount of work, lots of people helping. But the fact that you've tailored this around your foundation to help Parkinson's is absolutely fantastic. It's a win-win for everybody. And as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking, my guess for a success quote or a mantra. It's a nice way to get those inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Jim, take the wheel. 
Yeah, this was pretty easy for me. Uh, back before we started the uh, Concord, I had been invited to join the uh, board at the Parkinson's Institute in uh, Sunnyvale, California, and turned it down time and time again. But we were active in a little bit of fundraising with them, but they wanted to get us more involved. And uh, one Sunday, we were in church, and uh, the pastor, a good friend of ours, did a sermon, and it, it was all about, uh, we all have a finite amount of time on this planet. What are you going to do with your finances and your time here to make a difference? And uh, I just thought, oh, man, I just got nailed. So... Uh, <laughs> He said, write it down, put it in the uh, offering plate, and hand it in. And I remember my wife leaning over to me and said, what are you, you going to do? And I said, well, you're, you're going to be real busy from here on out. So we, at that point, both her and I really committed to uh, raising funds and uh, making a difference with Parkinson's. Uh, it's so, so prevalent in, in both of our families. Mm. But that, that's been our mantra. You know, we're all here for a really limited amount of time. And what are you going to do to leave your mark? Yeah, what a great mantra. What a great concept. And the fact that you are leaving a mark. You know, Deb Pollock's the one who got us together. She's a past guest here on Cars. Yeah. And I know she's very involved in raising money for that terrible disease. So, uh, it's fantastic that you guys have dedicated so much time and a massive part of your life to uh, supporting this cause and uh, trying to find a, a solution to this uh, cure if there is one out there. So uh, kudos to you and your wife and everybody involved with the event because it's, uh, like I said at the beginning, a huge undertaking. Well, let's go back in time a little bit. I'd love to hear a story that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were a car guy? Well, you know, in, in giving that question some thought, I, re I really go back to when I was in, in grade school. Um, I, every Saturday morning, I'd grab the bucket and sponges and towels out of the um, my dad's garage, and I had uh, six or seven cars to wash in the neighborhood. And I, I did that every Saturday or every other Saturday. And uh, uh, I, I'd say that's kind of where it started. And then in high school, uh, where I was growing up in Seattle, I got a job at a place called Roland Motors. And they were a British Leyland dealership. Uh, they also carried Saab and a couple other things. And I got a job there as a lot boy. And that was like, I went to heaven. You know, got to run all these cool cars around yeah. and wash them and pick them up at the docks and do all this stuff. And I... I I'd say that was probably it. It's just kind of gone on from there. You know, you and I share something because I started uh, detailing cars. My listeners know this story. I've told it many times. I started detailing cars when I was in junior high. I started with my next door neighbor. He got a brand new 450 SL when they first came out in the early 70s. And I thought, oh, I died and gone to heaven to be able to wash this guy's car. And then when he said he was going to pay me, I went, you'll pay me to do that? <laughs> so that's right. The light bulb, right. the light bulb comes on. And I probably detailed thousands of cars between then and when I graduated from college. So, uh, yeah, it's a great uh, way for a young person or an older person, but a young person to uh, go into business for themselves and learn an awful lot about running a business and taking care of people. And if you love detailing cars, which sounds like you and I both do, it's a nice way to spend your time uh, versus doing something else. So, Well, a quick little side story. My uh, cousin Doug and I grew up together, and we spent high school every all, every weekend detailing our two cars and doing stuff to them. And we put made business cards out and put them around uh, the neighborhood. And then we had a, an uncle that uh, had an airplane down at Boeing Field. We went down and watched it one day and then put business cards out at a bunch of airplanes at Boeing Field. And we had, back then, it was Republic Airlines. The uh, I was at home in high school eating dinner with my parents and uh, the head of service or maintenance called from Republic Airlines and wanted us to big, bid, bid his uh, jet fleet to come down and clean them. We, we didn't do it, but that, 
Wow. <laughs> That's how far it could have gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I had a Rennie Doyle, who's a very well-known detailer in California, who does uh, large aircraft and has even worked on uh, the presidential aircraft, uh, Air Force wow. One. And uh, yeah, those, he has a huge team of people that come into detail planes at that level. So yeah, I had to remind them that, that we just kind of pull up in our Volkswagen with a hose in the back and knock it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Yeah, growing pains for sure. Very, very yeah. cool, though. Well, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or even a big failure that you faced along the way. You know, running these Concours events, fundraisers uh, are fraught with challenges. I, can't, I don't even know where you begin. However, I'd love for you to take us to one that was a real, real big challenge and tell us how you overcame it and what it taught you. Well, you know, the biggest challenge in, in our life wasn't necessarily with the Concorde, but it was certainly one with our with our family uh, about four years ago. Right around Christmas, my wife fell in San Francisco, mm-hmm. just a freak fall and hit her head low oh. on a wall and uh, blew three vertebrae into her spinal cord. Oh, and no. And without going much into detail, uh, spent uh, about a month in the hospital and lots of surgeries and didn't know if she would uh, first be admitted, be able to walk again, but she had to uh, spend a couple months learning how to move her arms and hands again. And, and uh, you know, not not to get serious, we look back at it now, believe it or not, with, I don't know, fond memories, if you will, and talk about it a lot. But uh, it uh, it's something that you certainly uh, find out, the old phrase, in a blink of an eye, your yes. life can be cruising along pretty good. And in a blink of an eye, buddy, everything changes. And uh, if there's something in our life that was uh, the biggest challenge, that was it. Uh, you know, made it through it. It was a challenge you know, for a couple of years putting the uh, the event on because she's really uh, not only the, I won't even say my right hand, she does so much of the work yeah. at it, uh, all yeah. the administrative and the dinner and everything. And, uh, you know, it was a long, long road back. She's still uh, in therapy, but uh, just so thankful that she's Quite honestly, not in a wheelchair and uh, can function now. So oh my that, gosh! That's been our biggest challenge. Not not to stop you with something kind of hardcore there, but that's been it. You know, I appreciate you taking us to a really personal time, and I can't. I can. I can kind of imagine because about three years ago, my wife went through a serious medical issue where she was basically bedbound for eight months. I would literally have to wow. carry carry her into the bathroom to use the bathroom, yep. bathe her. I mean, serious stuff. And on you know, on top of that, work ends you don't have time to work so income ends the hospital bills are incredible you can't even imagine so i guess i can truly say i've been there done that it was a different kind of deal with my wife however it was a medical required surgeries all sorts of serious things and you're right in an instant our lives can change i have a good friend who's a neurosurgeon he told me that once he said i operate on people every day they got up that morning they thought everything was fine and they tripped on a curb and now they're at this level so let me ask you this. What would be advice for some listeners out there that might be going through a challenging time like this, either themselves or a family member? What's one thing that you found helped you and your wife get through this situation? Well, you know, if I can, you know, say it without tearing up, it was definitely the love that we shared yeah. together with our kids and our family and the support from uh, all of them and the support, quite honestly, from uh, the board members of Danville D'Elegance. Um, Friends, yeah. They, they were with us. They're, they're a group that came together with us when we started the event. And there's, uh, you know, seven, eight of us that uh, are like family. Yeah. And uh, there was always dinner on the porch. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I don't know. You'll get through it, it you know. A lot of uh, prayer and hand, holding hands, and you discover real quick how much uh, that loved one means to you. So, 
You're right. And the other thing that, you know, I learned from this is don't be afraid to ask other people for help because a lot of times friends and family, they don't quite know what to do and when to intrude on your life or how to come into your life. And if, if you help them by telling them, you can help me this way, they'll come through for you. But you have to sometimes help them or tell them. Even when I got to the point where I had to say, no more casseroles. (laughs) I'm a good cook, okay? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I understand. I'm chuckling because I was in the same situation. So, well, our best to your wife for a full recovery. I understand. She's fine. Yeah, been through that. It is a very, very hard time. Well, let's shift gears and go to another end of the spectrum here and talk about an aha moment. Maybe you have a great aha moment with your business, with your life, or with the Concord. Tell us what yours was. Well, I would say, again, the Concord has been such a big part of our life the last 14 or so years. The aha moment was that uh, we quickly discovered that uh, when you do something with your heart uh, and really put all of that into it for a really good cause, good things come from it. And uh, we never in our wildest dreams thought that we would, that I'd be here on the phone with you, <laughs> that uh, we would have spent time with Phil Hill and Danny Sullivan and Sam Posey and been written up and road and track. But it all comes back to just doing something with heart that, that you're going to put your time into and do something good. Yeah. When was that aha moment? I'm not sure. It was back in the early days when we all kind of looked at each other and said, wow. We did (laughs) this. Yeah, exactly. Well, the lesson, the takeaway I get from this is if you're going to dedicate your time to something, dedicate it to something that is meaningful to you and you're passionate about because you never know where it may go. Right. Absolutely. That's great. Awesome. Well, how about a proudest business or career moment? I would assume you've had many. It sounds like you mentioned a few right there that made you feel pretty good. You've raised an enormous amount of money for Parkinson's to fight Parkinson's disease. Um, Absolutely spectacular. But is there one that stands out for you that you could share? Um, well, as far as the uh, the event goes, it, it absolutely hands down would have been spending time with uh, Phil and Alma Hill, getting to know them through our event before we lost Phil uh, with complications of Parkinson's, but spending time with them in their home down in Santa Monica, oh, hanging, wow. out and hang, hanging out in the garage with Phil. <laughs> that must have been incredible. Well, I can see it like it was yesterday with him using his walker to get out there and taking us through the garage to uh, point out all the cars and how many times this Packard won Pebble Beach and this and that, and then sitting at his workbench when everyone else had gone inside, Derek and Alma and my wife, and asking him if he missed driving and racing. And he said, you know, a little bit, but right now, you know, I'm fighting this Parkinson's thing and, you know, uh, I've moved on. But, you know, I'll never forget that. To me, that was kind of, uh, I don't know, one of the many rewards for doing what we're doing to have been able to sit with him and talk to him and uh, still in touch with the family. But that was a pretty special moment. No doubt. I had the great honor of meeting him at a vintage racing event that I was vintage racing at the time up here in the Pacific Northwest. And he was the uh, Mm -hmm. honored guest to come to the sovereign races I was involved in and got to meet with him. And I have a great picture of him with my son and my race car. And it was just so much fun. But Derek Hill, his son, was a guest here on Cars. Yeah. And I'm actually going to have him back Mm -hmm. on in the next few months. He's put together a magnificent book of his father's photography that we're going to be talking about. So, yeah, we're both very lucky to have a little snippet of his life, but to be able to go to his house and spend time in his garage, that must have been, oh man, it must have been a pinch me moment for you, for sure. I'm telling you, I, I thought I was, I was hoping I wasn't being rude because 
all I was doing w- was reading the walls, yeah, yes, looking at all the stuff hanging on them, and all the uh, 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 awards and uh, trophies. And I'm trying to listen to Alma and Phil, and I'm just walking around. My wife is tucking my shoulder. Come here, come here. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm pointing at stuff and saying, "Look at that." <laughs> so, oh man, yeah, it's pretty special. Uh, no doubt, no doubt. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car, and maybe share a memory you have about that vehicle. Yeah, you bet. Well, like like many of us, my first couple cars were Volkswagens, Volkswagen bus, and then a Volkswagen uh, square back. But uh, uh, I guess later in high school, I finally moved to the big leagues. I was working at uh, this British Leyland dealership, and I bought an MG, nice. 72 MGB, uh-huh. dark blue, tan interior, great car. And for me, that was, you know, I'd gone to heaven. That was a great car. My cousin had one at the same time, and you know we put CBA headlights in them and <laughs> oh, yeah. painted the, you know, put polished rims on them and painted the wheels and the Nanza exhaust and did all this stuff. But that car went about every ski area in the Northwest in the winter and spent the summers at you know with the top down in Seattle. And I remember driving it in the winter with a towel over my legs because it leaked a little bit mm-hmm. and uh, having uh, that great Lucas. Uh, electrical system knowing when it stalled where to give it a little tap <laughs> to get it started again but i have great memories of that car yeah and the 72 was the uh the chrome bumpered car too which is uh yep very nice yeah just just before they ruined them right well yeah a lot of <laughs> a lot of cars kind of got wrecked in the design aspect right after that time with the uh, all the, uh, the regulations for bumper impact and all that stuff yeah they all kind of went Ugh. <laughs> so yeah right. beautiful little cars i love those well how about seller's remorse is there a car you've let well, go that you wish she had back that was that was one of them uh i sold it to, i sold it to a guy for 2400 bucks a Ooh. friend of the family uh-huh. and his wife always wanted one but she wanted a yellow one and he had it painted and a lot of the paint got on the tires and overspray it was horrible and uh i was invited to her birthday party when she got it and uh that was tough to see but yeah. uh I, my my worst level of remorse was uh I had a 1992 535 BMW. Oh, yeah. Still wish I had that car. Great car. Oh, yeah. And it was spotless. I had it up till, gosh, I don't know, six, seven years ago. And it looked like it just came off the showroom floor. And a friend of a friend tracked me down and said he wanted to buy it for his son, who was graduating from some college. And I said, nah, not for sale. And when he kept on calling and I finally hit a, he finally hit a price and I said, it's yours. <laughs> so he and his son came to pick it up. And it was a five-speed, and his son had never driven a five-speed before. Oh. And I still, I still remember seeing that car, and my wife would, too, leaving our driveway, getting stalled <laughs> yeah. uh, three or four times and jerking down the street. Yeah. I told the guy, I've never done a burnout with it. I've never, you know, abused the car. Yeah. It's been driven, you know, with spirit. It'll last you forever. Well. Three months later, a uh, buddy called and he said, I just saw your car. It just got totaled. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he wrecked it. So that, oh. that, that just about broke my heart. So yeah. It didn't deserve an ending like that. <laughs> no, I had a beautiful Carmen Ghia I restored when I was in high school. And in college, I sold it to a friend and she really wanted it bad. And about three months later, she was hit by a drunk driver and it completely totaled oh. the car. And I didn't hear about the accident. I came upon the car. It was still sitting on the side street where it had been hit before it 
it had gotten hit that night, and it was just sitting there. And I looked down the street and went, hey, there's my old Gia. And I turned around and went back, and oh. I saw the front of it, and it was just – she almost got killed. It was a terrible, terrible accident. But, uh, yeah, it's so sad. She's okay now. She she survived fine. But, um, yeah, when those old cars of ours go to car heaven, it's a very tough thing for us to, yeah, to know. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. you saved it for that guy, and he destroyed it. So, uh, well, let's move on to something a little better here. I'd love for you to share with our listeners a lot more about the Danville the Elegance Foundation, about the Concours, and what kind of things would you like to share this coming up to September to entice people to get up there to Danville and enjoy the show? Yeah, thank you, Mark. The events become two days, Saturday and Sunday. The uh, It's really a three-event uh, weekend now. We start out with a tour up to a, a winery in Napa that leaves uh, uh, Cole European, Jaguar Land Rover dealer here in uh, in this area, we go up to a, a different winery every year for 50 cars, have a great lunch, tasting wine, and then come back. And then we do a dinner gala this year for up to 400 people at the at the uh, excuse me Blackhawk Museum mm-hmm. here in town, which, uh, for those that don't know, is one of the finest automotive museums around. It is. Yes. Uh, they uh, Don Williams uh, runs the Blackhawk collection, gives us uh, the venue, and. Uh, uh, this year, we have a pretty special guest. It's uh, Linda Ronstadt. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. She has Parkinson's, for those of you that I un- know. Yes, I understand that, yes. And tragically, she can't sing anymore, but she does. We we saw this program. She does a fascinating, uh, just short of an hour program on her history, uh, accompanied by a great video and music that she talks through. And it makes you a fan all over again of Linda Ronstadt and yeah. the Eagles and Jackson Brown and all her early days. Oh, yeah. And she's doing that for us. Uh, she's donating her time. And uh, we're, we're looking at this year being pretty pretty big event. Oh, uh, gosh. Yeah. That Saturday. Yeah. Um, tick, you can still get tickets at our website, danvildeelegance.org, for that. And then on Sunday is our Concord in the streets of Dan of downtown Danville. Uh, downtown Danville is uh, like old town um, in a in any smaller town uh, around. It's very picturesque. Um, we usually have about two hundred and twenty five, two hundred and thirty cars. Wow! And uh, what great wine tasting from uh, wineries up in Napa. And what what people really like, people that bring their cars, is that it's laid back. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not on grass. And a lot of a lot of people like that. It's it's you know great, great background with old uh, old Danville, and it, it's really come along, become a uh, uh, really the the benchmark or not the benchmark, but the uh, the event of the weekend for us. It sounds spectacular, and I'll remind our listeners, I had Tim McGrain, who's the executive director of the Black sure. Rock Automotive Museum, as a guest here on Cars, yeah. Tim's an awesome guy. I've known him for a long time, and yeah, the Blackhawk is a place you want to go, and obviously, you can go check out the website here. I'll have links on Jim's show notes page here on the Cars, yeah website, so you can check out the event and make arrangements to go. It's taking place this September, right? What are the two days? September 16th and 17th, where we are always the third weekend of September. You know, for the first few years, we'd, you know, this is on that weekend or that, you know, there's always something that messes with us yeah. with every event, every yeah. car event. We And about our fourth year, we said, that's it. We're not changing. It's the third week of September from here on out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just the way you have to do it sometimes. And that's a beautiful time of the year for Danville, that part of California. It's not going to be too hot, not too cold. Wonderful place to go. So I would encourage you listeners to check. Check 
this out. And of course, if you just want to help the foundation or help with Jim and his wife's efforts here to fight Parkinson's, you can certainly go make a donation on the website. Is that right? You bet. You bet. It's all on the website. And I might add, too, that the uh, Concours is free because it's uh, free to spectators because it's public property. Uh, we don't have the town sensed, although I ran that by the town and the town attorney strongly suggested otherwise. But uh, no, it's a free event. So we, we survive on donations and raffles and wine tasting. And, and uh, it's a great event. Sounds like it. Absolutely. All of you listening, come. Yes, absolutely. A nice way to spend a little time. The end of September, uh, school season's coming back up. Summer's over, but uh, get yourself to Danville. And again, I'll put links on Jim's show notes page on the Cars yeah website for you to easily, easily find it. They have a fantastic website, by the way. Now, here, Jim, <laughs> Jim, if you were a car, what kind of car would Jim be and why? You know, I, I gave that some thought in it, and I'm not positive what I would be, but it would have three pedals. Okay. <laughs> and it would, it, it would be older. Okay. You know, no nannies in it, no high-tech stuff, you know, more old school. You know, of course, you know, 275 a GTB or a GTO or a 330 short wheelbase. I mean, we, we might as well shoot high. Might as well, something yeah. That, some, something that sounds great and dependable. It always fires up, never lets you down, uh, always there. Well, Jim, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom-tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim-weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. All right, Jim, we are back and we're entering the last lap. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? I think the best automotive advice I've ever received is don't buy a new car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let someone else take that depreciation hit. That's right. I've done it way too many times, but I think don't buy new is probably the best advice I've ever got. Oh, I wish somebody had told me that years ago. Yeah. That's yeah, right. I know. I understand. Now, would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your successes over the years? 
Yeah, you bet. Um, I think up early. Uh, Ah, I'm an early riser every day uh, to a fault, vacations and weekends included. And 5, 5.30, you know, I'm up watching the sun come up and give the day that's coming up some thought, read the paper, have your coffee and get get things organized. You've already already accomplished something for the day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's nothing like getting up early and getting started. Even on vacation, you mentioned I do the same thing. Sometimes that's the best time of the day when you're at a resort or somewhere to walk around early in the morning and just look at things. It's not crowded. There's no sound. It's it's a really nice, nice part of the day. So for sure. And up here in the Pacific Northwest where the sun comes up very early this time of year and sets very late. uh, Yeah, we start seeing the sun coming up here around 430 in the morning. So it's uh, it's easy to get up early. Winter's a little tougher. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, how about a resource? There's lots of great resources, including the Danville Concord Elegance website. Is there another one that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, obviously, the Danville, the Elegance uh, website that we've already talked about. But, you know, I think one of our best resources that that a lot of us don't uh, abuse or exercise enough are are people older than us. Mm, Yeah. You know, I, I, I really think sitting and talking to older people that come in our store or you meet out and about, they've been through it all. And uh, to me, they've been a really good resource. You know, you can kind of pick through uh, what they tell you. But uh, I, I find a lot of wisdom Yes, uh, talking to people that are older than us. And I, I'm becoming one of those people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too, I'm afraid to say. But yeah, I've taken my son, who's now 23, to many, many events over the years. And I've always said, you can learn so much by just walking up to somebody and asking them about their car, ask them about their life. And coincidentally, that's how this whole Cars Yeah! podcast came to be. It was my son suggesting that of me. Why don't you start a podcast and ask people about their lives and their cars? And yeah, you learn an awful lot listening to people, especially people that have been there and done that. So, yep. Invite an old person to have lunch someday or hang out in his garage. You'll, you'd be amazed what you learn. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field or industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? Well, I've already brought him up, but I'd love to spend more time with Phil. Ah, that would be nice. Yeah. I was, we were just so impressed with him as a man, a gentleman, uh, well-read, loved uh, beautiful music, collected pianos, you know, so much more than uh, most of us Saw. ever thought he had, but he's uh, just such a gentleman. Always had time for everyone. Yeah, very, very nice. Now, about a book. Is there a book you've read recently you think our listeners would enjoy? Well, a lot of them probably have, but if you haven't, it's, it's uh, Racing in the Rain. Ah. Uh, have you read that one? Is that the book by Garth Stein? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Garth has been a guest here on the show. It, I'm sure he has. It's, you know, very well written from a driver's point of view, but uh, I am an absolute sucker for a dog and uh, <laughs> yeah. lost our gold in a few months back and I oh, still struggle with it and looking for another one. I, I just thought that was such a well-written book uh, yeah. from the dog's point of view and uh, from the racer's point of view that uh, it's just a real joy to read. You know, that um, is the most recommended book by all my guests here on Cars. Yeah. And is I love, it really? It is. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty cool. And I was very fortunate to uh, go up and meet Garth at an event and uh, convince him that he needs to talk to my listeners, and he did a couple months ago. He, he does. He, uh, you know, I was trying to think, what should I say? Gosh, it's probably Racing the Rain, but I should say, I don't know, the John Adams book I read, the <laughs> uh, book about, I mean, 
something. No, it's Racing in the Rain. Yeah, The Art of Racing in the Rain. It's a great, great book. And uh, hopefully they'll make a movie out of it someday. Uh, They've been working on that forever, but it might happen someday. But I'll remind our listeners you can find uh, links to this book and all the books recommended by my inspiring automotive enthusiasts, the past 832 guests on the Cars Yeah website. Just go to CarsYeah.com, click on the Resources button, and there's a great place there called Guest Recommended Books. And of course, you'll find a link on Jim's show notes page on the Cars Yacht website as well. Ah, yes. Dogs and cars. What fun. What fun. Yeah. Yeah. We're up to the checkered flag here, Jim, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car in the world, vintage race car, whatever it might be, something really fun. I want you to enjoy it. No garage queens. Get out there and have fun with it. What would that car be and why? It's going to be the Ferrari uh, 1957 uh, 250TR, and it was David Love's car. Uh, that, I don't know if you know yes. David Love was. Uh-huh. The, you know, the, yeah, we all, all do, but probably the most photographed 250 of all time. And David ran it, raced it, fixed it, worked on it, and in his later years with Parkinson's, you know, for, I think, 54 years he had that car. Wow. I think. I could be wrong on that. But David's tenacity to get past the disease he had with Parkinson's. Uh, I, I didn't meet him until, you know, 10, well, a few years before we lost him. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with all his Parkinson's, he was down there. I can see him at uh, Sears Point uh, Infinity uh, working on that car and stumbling and just, you know, taking care of it and not allowing anyone to happen or to help him. Mm-hmm. He was just so committed. To, I remember asking him, uh, you know, what it's like to run it with Parkinson's. And he said, you know, for two two weeks after I run the race in this, I don't need, uh, it's my dopamine shot. Wow. I'm good after this. But, wow. but that car meant so much to all of us. And, and even more important, David meant so much to all of us that uh, that'd be the one. So if you've got a, you know, I don't know, spare 20 million in your pocket, pal. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get out my big wallet back here because, you know, you after go. buying there cars for 831 people before you, yeah, I've bought a lot of okay. cool cars. But Okay, well, <laughs> at least I know it's coming. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You're the first one to request that particular car. I've had a couple people want a 250TR, but not David's car. And I know that car well. I've seen it race. So, oh, what a wonder. What a joy. What a great, great choice. Well, Jim, you've taken us on an awesome ride today. And I really appreciate you sharing more of your time and stories with us today. Could you offer us one parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off down the racetrack and your very own 250TR? <laughs> There you go. Well, you know, I, I guess my parting thoughts would be please come and uh, support our event, the Danville de Elegance in September. Absolutely. Totally a nonprofit, all volunteer, 100% uh, volunteer run event. And uh, it's a great group of people that uh, we've surrounded ourselves with. And uh, I think you'd enjoy it. What's the best way, again, for listeners to learn more about this event? Danville-deelegance.org. There you Just go. Just get close to that and, and we'll pop up. You'll pop up. We'll pop up. But uh, it's a great event. Uh, you know, and again, I think a lot of our success has been, uh, I probably should have said this earlier in the show, but we're, we're a fundraiser. The concourse has been our vehicle and it's worked really, really well and it's supported by car people. But, but our, our most important thing is that we're raising funds for Parkinson's. And I think that's what has set us apart a little bit and allowed us to raise so much money. So thank you for giving me the time to... Uh, do a little plug. Absolutely. It's been an honor to have you on the show. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything that Jim shared 
on his show notes page at the Cars yeah website. Just go to CarsYow.com, type Jim Edlund, E-D-L-U-N-D is the spelling of his last name. Into the search bar, his page will pop up with links. I would encourage you to check out what's happening with the Danville Concordia Elegance. Check out the foundation if you can help. It's a, certainly a worthy cause, but this is an event you should not miss. Jim, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you at the Danville Concours de Elegance. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Cars Yeah!